Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Keelan here with you guys. And Jessica. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. Yes, we are excited because this is the Tuesday that this airs is the middle of our easy week experience, our pop-up Facebook group, where we are just having so much fun with giveaways and providing our teachers with great resources that they can use through the end of the school year with any unit that you're, you're teaching with your students. Um, it's just an amazing experience that we've put together. So if you haven't heard anything about what it is that we're doing, Jess, do you want to fill everybody in on what the heck this easy week experience that I'm talking about is? Yes. I'm going to call it a little challenge, but don't let that fool you. It's really like we, like Caitlin said, we are providing you with free resources that you can use with your students throughout the rest of the school year to get you to summer, right? We want you to have fun these last few months. Um, but it is a challenge because if you use the resources, you can win prizes. So that's fun, right? You're part of this cool Facebook group community and we're supporting each other as we use them. And all the resources we're providing you with follow our into through and beyond lesson planning framework. It's something we truly believe in at EB academics and it's made our lesson planning so much easier in the classroom. And we've seen such amazing results with our own students once we apply this framework. So again, these are lessons you can use for any unit of study you have, it allows you to breathe fresh life into units you already have, or even just inspire you, give you new ideas for future units. So yes. we really hope you do join us. We're only two days into the, the challenge, the easy week experience. <laughs> so definitely still come and have fun with us. Yeah. So if you're a middle school ELA teacher, which probably you are, if you're listening to the imagine. School ELA podcast, but if you aren't welcome, we're excited to have you here. Um, <laughs> if you're a middle school ELA teacher who right now you just feel like it is the day-to-day grind. You are barely surviving. You're just hanging on and you want to infuse some like life back into your soul, into your classroom and get you excited through the end of the school year. Um, and you also want your students to feel engaged, right? And excited about anything that you're teaching through the rest of the year. This is the absolute perfect experience for you. That is our goal is to give you that excitement back to help you feel like you are thriving in your classroom. Your students are thriving you know, all of those positive ripple effects that happen in our lives as a result of us just feeling differently and positive and excited to show up to school. It makes such a difference in our lives. And something to note, this is applicable if you are in the classroom or if you are still teaching remotely, like we've got you covered. Yep. Everything is printable, digital. We're talking to you about how to utilize what we're providing you with um, in any capacity, whether you are remote or in person. So we'd love to invite you to join us. It's not too late. Go to uh, ebacademics.com forward slash easy week, and you can sign up, pop into the Facebook group right now um, and start to feel supported and be a part of a community who's positive, who's just so excited uh, to round out the school year on a positive note. So with that being said, we are in our third episode of the month of April, where we are focused on poetry. So our first two episodes this month, if you didn't get a chance to go check them out, head back to episode 114 and 115, where we talk about poetry stations and just the power of using them in your classroom. And then also a really fun poetry research unit that you can totally create very easily on your own. Um, Just two wonderful episodes. But today's episode, I am stoked about because I am too. Yes, This might be my favorite one. (laughs) I think so too. Same. I love it. Um, And we're going to be talking about a creative and engaging way to assess your students at the end of your poetry unit. So these are basically some ideas that you can use after you've maybe, let's say, done a response to literature at the end of your poetry unit, which side note, we suggest you do. 
Um, and maybe you've done a test where you have your multiple choice or short answer, matching, whatever. Um, this is now a creative outlet for our students who maybe might struggle with writing or they might struggle with test taking. I always like to give my students three types of assessments at the end of any unit. And this is that kind of more creative student choice outlet for our kids. Right. So we're going to be sharing three poetry activities that your students will produce on their own. And ultimately you could let them choose, you know, which one best speaks to them that they would like to attempt. But I love this because students are, they will be producing poetry, but I really feel like it's not a daunting project. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's so intimidating, right? Like I have to write a poem and share it in front of the class. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. Right. But with these three activities, we're presenting it in a way that you're really going to get buy-in from your students. And at least one of them is bound to resonate with each student. So I love them. So the three activities we're going to share, and we'll go into them in much more detail, are shape poems, blackout poems, and found poems. So we are going to break them down. And how we set it up with our students is we have a choice board with honestly those three choices on there. And we give the requirements and we give the rubric. Students look through them, we discuss them, and then students are free to choose which one they want to do. So again, this happens at the end of a poetry unit. So you're using these three types of poetry to assess students' knowledge of the poems they studied and give them that creative outlet. Yes. Um, so, one thing that I do want yeah, to say is, so we'll, we'll cover each of these in depth, you know, how they're structured and set up. Mm -hmm. When you send students off on their own, like after they've chosen, we want to make sure that they have very clear guidelines of what they're focusing their poem on, because we're not just having them write any random poem. The poem has to have meaning and purpose to what you just studied in class. So it has to connect back, right? Because we're assessing them on what we just covered in class. We're not just assessing them on writing poetry. So if let's say you focus on certain themes in your poetry unit, or you focus on certain rhyme schemes in your poetry unit, or figurative language, whatever it might be, you want students to write these poems or create these poems that we'll cover through those particular lenses. So if your whole focus was on social justice in your poetry unit, your students' final projects should be focused on a social justice issue or anything, you know, any thematic uh, concept, or not thematic concept, but any theme that you guys were covering. You want to make sure that that's carried over into the final results that your students are producing for you. So yeah, I think that's really important that you said that. Yeah. So let's start with shape poem, and that's your. You can take that one because sure. <laughs> okay. So again, we're going to assume you've studied multiple poems during your poetry unit, and now students are going to choose one of those poems and view it through the lens. I'm going to choose theme just because Caitlin was mentioning that, but it doesn't have to be theme. So let's pretend we read four different poems in class, and one of my students is going to select to show off their knowledge through a shape poem. So maybe they select Annabelle Lee, right? For example, Edgar Allan Poe's poem. And they know based on our study that some of the topics that came up in the poem are young love or death or true love, right? So knowing that they can now think of a shape that represents the topic from that poem. So students might be really basic and create a heart, or maybe they're going to be a little bit more elaborate and create a castle that has to do with the setting of that poem. So now they're going to take it a step further and write a poem about the theme from that poem using the shape. So I'm going to break that down because I know that that's kind of tricky. So let's say I have my castle. So I might literally sketch out a castle on a piece of paper, and then I am going to fill in that castle 
with the words of my poem. So if my theme was true love is possible at a young age, I am going to create a poem centered around that filled in all the inside blank spaces of my castle. So it takes on the shape of the castle and it's just a really cool way. So you have writing that's upside down and turning around corners. And it's interesting because it really forces students to slow down and think about their word choice and making it fit in the drawing that they've created. Is it a large castle, a small castle? All of those are decisions that they'll need to think about. And it's just really fun and engaging to create your poem centered around a shape. And it is really cool to see what shapes they come up with. You might need to brainstorm some of those before they get started. Yeah. And one thing that you could do with that to take it to like the next level is you could have your students on the back of their poem or somewhere mm -hmm. else explain why and like justify their choice, you know, a hundred percent. What's the reason? What's the evidence that makes this make sense? You know, justify your evidence, et cetera. So, oh yeah, it's just, you could take it to the next level with that. And I just think mm -hmm. that's really cool. I loved seeing those when my students did those, you know, I'm, this is a limiting belief that I'm going to say, but I'm not super artistic or creative myself. And I just loved seeing what my students could come up with because it was so much better than anything I could have ever imagined. Like, so Caitlin, are you telling us you would not have selected a shape? I would poem? not have selected no. <laughs> that one. Definitely not. What would you have selected? I would have selected the one that I can talk about next, which okay. is found poetry. So I know nice. we, said, we did uh, blackout poetry as number two, but I'm going to skip around. So yeah, do it. Found poetry. Um, if you haven't, heard about this concept. We actually have a whole blog post about it that we can link up in the show notes. So you can like visually see what it looks like, but basically students uh, cut out newspaper or magazine clippings of words, and then they rearrange those words onto a piece of paper to create their poem. And so for me, that would be a great way to show off my creativity because I'm not having to draw something. <laughs> I'm still able to utilize my creativity and finding words and composing a poem that's focused on the theme that we talked about, but I'm not necessarily having to draw. Um, and so I love that particular poem because it really forces students to think about the words that they're choosing when we are giving them a particular lens and, uh, you know, way that we're requiring them to compose a found poem. You know, in, in the past, before we did it this way with this particular activity, it was like, we're just going to write poetry and found poetry. It's going to be one of them. So my mm -hmm. students' poems were about all different topics and themes, and they're really cool. Like, I would suggest that you do that anyway, maybe to introduce your poetry unit, because it's such a great way to hook students. Um, but with this one, like, now I'm having to be super intentional. I'm picking my words through a very particular lens, a theme that my teacher is asking me to do. Um, and it's just really cool because it looks like art when you've created your final uh, piece. And so. there's just something really fun about having a whole bunch of magazines in the classroom. Like students get super excited. They're like, oh, we're doing something artsy. I love it. You get I will say that with right? that, make sure that you have magazines that are appropriate. Uh, yes. I always had to go through them too. I was like, okay, not using this one. It's funny yeah, to see like which ones they bring in. But then I always get sidetracked. I'm like, oh, it's an Us Weekly I haven't seen. And I'm like scrolling through it really quickly to <laughs> read the latest gossip. Hilarious. All right, let's um, do the third poem. Third poem. Yes, Blackout Poetry. We love Blackout Poetry. We've used it for years with our own students. So through this lens, again, at the end of a poetry unit, you would have students select one of the poems they studied. So you'd want to have printed out copies of the poems themselves. And students are basically going to go through the poem they selected through the lens of maybe summarizing the poem or focusing on the theme again of the poem, whatever lens they want to look at it. And they're going to create a new poem from that original poem. 
So using a very, very light pencil, they're going to go through, they're going to circle words that jump out at them. And we like to tell our students, you know, you want to aim for 20 to 30 words that might be different if it's a shorter poem, but you don't want them to circle more than two or three words in a row. You want them to really spread out throughout the poem. So they're going to read through the words that they've circled and try to create a new poem. So this might take a few drafts. There's going to be erasing. There's going to go back through and, you know, rearrange things. Um, sometimes students even make their own words using a letter or two from one word and combining it with another word. They get really creative with it. Once they're satisfied with their new poem, they are going to take a black marker and they are literally going to black out the entire rest of the poem, leaving only the words that they've circled. So that gives them the poem. Now to make this more artistic, if you Google this, you're going to find so many examples on it, but students can actually in the part that they're going to black out, they can draw an image or draw a shape that represents that poem and then start blacking out that shape to really create some artistic poetry. Again, Google this, they're just, it blows me away what students come up with with this, but it's just a really fun way to take poetry to the next level. Again, it's not as daunting because the words are already there for them on the paper. They're just like discovering how they want to present them. So it's a fun way for them to analyze poetry in a new way. And the image that they're including, you know, they could justify and explain mm -hmm. the reason for that too. I just, totally. while you were talking, I was looking for examples on our blog. We have a blog post specifically about blackout poetry and found poetry actually on the same one. Um, and I was looking at some of my students' examples from when mm -hmm. I worked with them years ago. And I just love how simplistic it can be. You know, this one is four lines and it says, destroy the harsh thought. Imagine life with no fear. Believe that death could set you free. And it's like so concise, so few words. And this is now again, making our students really think about diction. You know, what words are mm -hmm. they using intentionally that have to do with whatever lens you want students to be focused on for this particular assessment? And so they are being super intentional, very, you know, focused on what it is that they're after. And I just love that. Like that example is so great. Yeah. This is from one of my students who, you know, struggled with other things and what a view, not be it's like, a beautiful, you know, poem. beautiful poem. It's a you know, it's a little bit it's dark, dark. But it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it has great purpose and meaning and they turn that in. I'm like, dang, right. Awesome. I know they blow you away with this stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. And so here's what you can do if you choose to do an activity like this in your own classroom. So you've given your students the choice, right? They've selected shape poems, found poetry, or blackout poetry. When they are done, collect those poems and you're going to display them in your classroom. You create a museum experience, right? You can have a little mini classroom transformation if you want. You can give students tickets to the museum. You can play this up as much as you want. Invite other people into your classroom and celebrate the poems that they created and the poetry that you've studied throughout your unit. And it just, it's a really nice culminating activity to show off creativity and show off what you know, honestly. Yeah. And have an authentic audit audience, you know, invite your yes. principal, invite other teachers, invite another class to come in and look at your student's poetry. And again, you are grading your students based on them, you know, touching on a theme or whether or not they have the, the certain number of words that you require. You're not grading them on their content. If you go back and listen to episode, what was it? One, one fourteen, where we talked about our own experiences, you know, we don't ever want to make our students feel like their poetry, um, what is meaningful to them in their 
and who they are, you know, poetry is so personal that this allows us to assess them in a way that doesn't negate or do, or in, unintentionally take away from their desire to write poetry in the future, which unfortunately happened to both of us, but somehow yeah. we're still fine. <laughs> we're still fine. Kind of, that would, you know, that could be argued. Um, anyways, so with that being said, we'll end the episode. Um, we want to invite you guys again to come join us in our easy week experience. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash easy week. It's not too late. We're together until Friday. Um, come be a part of an incredible group of teachers who are just uplifting each other, helping each other thrive. And we want you to feel supported and excited to teach that your students are engaged. It's a great way to round out the end of the school year. Um, so with that being said, hopefully we'll see you in the Facebook group. Have a wonderful week, everybody. And we will see you next week on the podcast. Bye, everyone.